Alrighty boys, it's uh, officially time for the NFL season. As Lee said earlier in our gold group text, we're burning the midnight oil. It's 10:15 uh, oh, yeah. Eastern time right now. Uh, I'm gonna try and not get my second noise complaint here at the uh, Madison Towers, and uh, just get 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 these week one picks in. The first one was not during a podcast, though. No, it was not. Uh, I mean, I, it was not. I thought that there was an unwritten understanding that when the neighbors blew their cush smoke through my vents, that I would just turn the other cheek, and that when I wanted to play my Post Malone with my friends, you know, at night, they would, they would, you know, yes. they would also kind of, you know, just let that one slide. But uh, you know, apparently not. So I'm gonna start making some calls when I start smelling some dank. Sign on the door, man. Put a sign on the door. It usually solves a lot of things if you put a sign up there. If they want to play dirty, Klepp can get dirty with them. He's not afraid to get in the trenches. So, you know, onward and upward, uh, as they say. And uh, it's an exciting week one. But before we started, I learned a fun little football fact today that I didn't know about and thought I would uh, share it with you guys. Uh, Did you know in 1943, uh, due to World War II and drafting situation, that the Eagles and Steelers combined for a season and called themselves the Steagles? I, I actually I had I heard, that heard that earlier that this summer, ago. but pretty interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I like that reminder. A lot of weird stuff happened. I feel like before, you know, before, the, before the like the eighties. You know, it's like it was kind of yeah. a little bit of the wild yeah. west out there. You know, playing at <laughs> playing at baseball stadiums. Yeah, you know, it's just like who's the coach for the Chiefs that? Uh, there's that video of him mic'd up in the early days. I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but he was just a legend. It just kind of was like a completely, you're right, it was the Wild West. Kind of just guys uh, chirping out there a bit. So, But, but here we are in, in the COVID NFL. I, I'm pretty surprised, honestly, pleasantly surprised by how well the NFL and the players have currently handed the, handled the situation. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's like one guy right now who has tested positive. Um, so people being responsible so far, hopefully things don't start getting squirrely when teams start traveling around a little bit here, but, uh, let's start off with the game tomorrow night. It's the Texans at the defending Super Bowl champion chiefs who, to my surprise, I, I didn't even realize this until like Monday, but they're going to have fans in the stands there at Arrowhead. I think there's like going to be like 20%. So, I don't Corner know. Capacity, I, believe. Uh, I had no idea. I thought they were pumping crowd no, noise. There's going to be fans there no, I, in Kansas city. I believe it's like twenty thousand people or twenty five. I don't know something. You know, really, it's not insignificant. Yeah. So, no, no. How many teams is that the case for? Just them and the know? Jags. That's all only. Well, Jerry says that he's going to be bringing. I, well, for week one, just like them a, and the Jags. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just with them and the Jags for week one. Jaguars are twenty five percent. I think Florida's nuts. So, um, oh yeah. But let's get into this game, guys. Uh, line is at nine and a half uh, in favor of the Chiefs. Uh, I like the Chiefs to win it. I just kind of think they're pretty much a juggernaut. I mean, not much has changed since last year. Uh, I kind of trust Andy Reid and Mahomes to overcome a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, if you will. Um, the Texans, I, I, if I was going to bet on this game, and I'm not going to just because I don't want to bet against the Chiefs, really, but I, would, I think that they will keep this within a 10-point game. Uh, I honestly do. I think Deshaun is just that good of a quarterback. The Kansas City Chiefs defense isn't exactly fantastic, and the the Texans' 
defense isn't great either. Maybe they can make a few stops here and there. I'm not really sure. But I just kind of like Deshaun to be able to keep up with Mahomes uh, just at least a little bit. So uh, I'll take the Chiefs to win, but wouldn't be surprised if the Texans keep it close at least. Yeah, I'm with you, Clep. And I was thinking pretty heavily about taking the 9.5 uh, earlier this week, but cooler heads prevailed kind of. I just want to enjoy this Thursday night game. And, and it's just like you feel like an idiot. Ghost a bit from that comeback in the playoffs. Yeah, you'd feel the like... Chiefs are, you know... <laughs> They're live always. So, if you were sitting there it's on Thursday to night tomorrow, just like, and the Chiefs are blowing them out by twenty-five, you'd just be like, "Why did I like yeah. bet against them?" It's just like it's just not where you want yeah. to be really. Just, just and enjoy we have the yet football. to see the new, the you know, the new Texans without uh, Hopkins. So, still kind of interested to see how that all unravels. We all, you know, none of us are huge Bill O'Brien guys either. So, a lot to see in this uh, in this early game, week one. Yeah, I think I'm going to be lockstep with you guys. Um, definitely going to be leaving it alone. Going to be watching as a non-gambler and just, you know, rejoicing in the uh, the return of football. But I probably, if I had you know, gun to head, I probably would take the Texans plus nine and a half. And uh, 54. I know this game has a high chance of being high scoring, but it, you know, no preseason. I wouldn't. I, you know, you got this is more on the Texan side with you know two new receiver. I guess Will Fuller was there last year, but bringing in Brandon Cooks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this this game goes under 54. Again, I probably won't touch it, but those are kind of the only little glimmers of value that I kind of see. Um, just because 54, man, that's that's a lot of points. But then again, these are two of the better, you know, more explosive offenses in the NFL. But I'm with you guys. Uh, Chiefs to win, but if a gun to head, I take uh, the Texans in the points. Plus two with those over unders. I mean, you say the offenses may struggle, but defenses could easily just struggle as well. And it's kind of at this point, it's really just hard to tell where those disadvantages and differences are going to come from. Just kind of the off season that all these teams had. Um, let's let's give me Clyde though. Give me yeah. Clyde rushing and Clyde scrimmage yards over. Just any of that. I don't. I don't really think Houston's going to have an answer for him. So I am expecting a big debut for him tomorrow. Hopefully he falls in the end zone for me a couple times. Wouldn't mind that. I think I think he will. I think Wouldn't he will. Wouldn't mind that. <laughs> um, let's go to Sunday. Uh, the Falcons are home dogs against the Seahawks here. Plus two and a half for the Falcons. Minus two and a half for the Seahawks. Um, uh, Lee, I feel like you and I have somewhat faded both of these teams a little bit through uh, the course of the offseason. Where's your head at here? Um, I think it's a coin flip game, and I lean – I lean Atlanta just because of I think there's going to be a bit of a resurgence after the disappointing last year. And I think Seattle's a team that, although sometimes they lose games early, they always tend to find the course as the season goes on. So I don't think there's necessarily going to be cause for panic if the Seahawks lose this game. And I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter, and clearly I'm not betting it. But I'm going to lean Atlanta just because I think it's going to be a bit of a resurgence this year, and they're going to compete down the line. So... Um, I, I like them in this one. Yeah, this is a line that kind of uh, got away from me, but Seattle is one of my favorites when I was looking at these these week one lines initially, and it was more towards a pick em. Um And I still, I think, would take Seattle minus two and a half. I kind of see where Lee's trepidation is coming from, but I just got to go with Russell Wilson, and I think this team has a little bit higher of a floor. Um, I think Seattle's defense, they always tend to overperform. I think Jamal Adams... While we, you know, we all might disagree with what they gave up to get him, is still, you know, Art probably with Derwin James out now is the best safety in the NFL right now for, for my money. And uh, I just think Seattle's a better team than Atlanta. They toyed with Atlanta last year. Um, you know, the whole Pete Carroll, Dan Quinn thing, 
Uh, I just, you know. Is there a rivalry there? Well, them, it's, or is it just well, because he well, used there's a, there's, there's a conspiracy that Pete Carroll let Dan, did they, I don't know if they won or they kept, it was, Seattle was dominating that game against Atlanta last year, late in the year, it was like week 13 or something like that, and it looked to me and a lot of other people like Seattle kind of took their foot off the gas because they didn't want to embarrass Dan Quinn too much and obviously he ended up keeping his job and everything like that, but I do think that I just think there's a familiarity there, and I just think Seattle's a, a better team, a better defense. And even if I were to give the edge to Atlanta on offense with their skill positions, Russell Wilson with you know Tyler Lockett and DK, it's you know marginally yeah. not not as good. So I'm gonna lean Seattle, and I pr- might actually take them um, minus two and a half or on the money line minus one thirty three. I think this reeks stay away. That's what I guess my main point is. I don't know. I, I like the Seahawks here too, Tommy. But uh, Tommy, if I just kind of had a gauge what you're feeling on this i mean seahawks are still flying into the eastern time zone but don't necessarily have to deal with that crowd noise i mean falcons are no stranger from pumping something in from time to time but i mean like how how much does that like either help you or uh, like say that okay i will take the seahawks even though they're traveling east and are are favored yeah does it play into it definitely Well, I think it plays into it a little bit. I think the story with me and the Falcons is the defense. I think if their defense is kind of recapturing the magic that they had in the latter part of the year, then I think the Falcons are going to be a scrappy team, and that would probably be the reason why this bet didn't go through for me. But I just think Seattle's a better team. I think the line's probably where it should be. You know, like Seattle is a three-point favorite on the road. But, uh, you know, I just I don't really fear... Atlanta's defense that much, especially going up against Russell Wilson. And I just think Seattle is better coaching, better defense, and, you know, granting them a little bit worse of an offense, but still a really effective offense. Uh, Cleveland is traveling to Baltimore. My guy Carl keeps telling me that it's the Browns' time to uh, beat Baltimore in Baltimore just like they did last year. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to go that far there. I think the Browns, you know, I'm interested to see their offense with that offensive line not in such disrepair uh, as they kind of were last year with just some of the additions they made with Jack Conklin in the offseason. I think that's going to provide a lot of stability and a little bit of help. Interested to see what Kevin Stefanski brings. Uh, Obviously not a huge fan of his, but um, from a play design-wise and just competency standpoint, it's got to be better than what Freddie Kitchens was bringing to the table. Um, with that said, man, I kind of think the Ravens, at least, you know, we can get into all these conversations about what they may or may not be able to do when it gets to the playoffs, but kind of from head to toe, this roster is, is pretty stacked. Uh, Lamar proved last year that he can, you know, play at an elite level, and I, I, I kind of see it hard. Like, I'm, I'm finding it hard to see them dropping this one to the Browns, and eight points is, is a lot. I mean, you know, these are seem like maybe smaller numbers, but the NFL, all these games are going to be competitive, especially in week one. It's going to be a little bit, um, there's going to be some upsets here and there. So Cleveland definitely has the chance to just with, with their, what their offense could potentially be. But um, I kind of got to stick with the continuity in Baltimore rather than the first year head coach and the questions around Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Clep. I, uh, Honestly, kind of looking at this at first glance, I like Cleveland plus eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can I definitely, think there's good value there. Yeah. Almost similar to the Chiefs and the Texans, though. The Ravens, kind of a blue chip stock at this point. If you look at the record in week one for John Harbaugh, you know, obviously they were a juggernaut last year. Um, Cleveland did beat them once last year, so I think this is definitely going to be interesting. But 
I would not be surprised if it gets somewhat out of hand in favor of Baltimore. So again, I'm staying away on this one. But the plus eight did in, intrigue me initially. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. This is you know I think the value is probably on Cleveland plus eight. Um, I kind of like an under look in here too. Forty eight and a half seems like a, a high total for you know Stefanski. You know his first year. Um, you know whether or not Cleveland. If you think I think Cleveland's the Ravens offense, can put up like thirty one though. I would say, or more. Yeah, you know? potentially, but all those AFC North battles are always not that um, I would bet yeah, no, but. yeah. I mean, you're, you, Lee, you're right completely. But I'd like to think that Cleveland's defense, um, you know, is going to at least in Week One is going to have probably gonna be giving their best effort. And, you know, I I like a lot of players on that defense, obviously. Um, and I, I mean, I think the main takeaway for me is I'm really curious to watch this game and see what the Browns' offense looks like, uh, you know, how they're using Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and if, if you know, is Nick Chubb going to kind of have a Dalvin Cook S season this year, you know, in the Stefanski steam? Um, and, you know, ultimately it comes down to Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, a lot of people are hot on the Browns this year, thinking that last year was, the you know, a year too early and all of that talent is going to culminate this year. But ultimately it's going to take Baker Mayfield being a, a starting caliber NFL quarterback and, you know, Last year was a pretty tough situation, so I'm really interested to kind of see how this Browns offense goes up against, for what I think is probably the best defense in the NFL on the Ravens. I really like the Ravens' defense, the, the infusion of youth, uh, and I really want to see how that pass rush goes up against, you know, Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, two new additions. I was a big Wills guy, and, and really I want to see how Baker responds going up against at least one of the you know top five unit defensively in the NFL. I Just, just to pull the curtain back, we're, we're looking on Fox Bet. We're scrolling through the Fox Bets. Uh, and there's this little 43 more wagers. I, I scrolled through that real quickly. Nick Chubb, three plus receptions, plus 200. Uh, I, I just wow. looked at his game logs. In 50% of his games last year, he had three or more receptions. And well, Stefanski's a big screens guy. So, I mean, a lot of those, you got to believe a lot of those are going to be going to Kareem Hunt. Potentially. Got, exactly. I mean, yeah. You got to, you got to, I like it. I don't think Nick Chubb like gets it. three catches throughout the whole game for you, it to double you gotta, your money. You know, you got to, they're more than double gotta, money, three know, to one. Use, use deception a little bit and, and you, throw some screens to Chubb to throw the defense. Yeah. Out, you know, so you I, I think that, that's Chubb's worth looking at. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I like where your head's at, but you got to look at Chubb's game log. You know, I don't know. 50%. Post week eight. Well, week eight, post week eight, when Kareem Hunt returned, because I know he was. Yeah, you know, the numbers dot. Kind of the numbers, belt. you know, yeah, eh, they teeter. <laughs> but but I but the reason I brought up Hunt and, and Chubb because they obviously did. They just extended Kareem Hunt. They gave him like thirteen million dollars over two years, which I think is a good deal, just because you still have Baker on the rookie contract. And um, but they, supposedly they're going to be using Kareem Hunt like in the slot, like they're going to be using him as kind of like a slot they're gonna have chubb and hunt uh you know in the backfield and on the field at the same time so i like that i mean you know i could see that working in in some ways not in ways where they're you know beating the ravens but possibly i don't know it's not out of the question i think we're in for kind of a wacky week one so definitely have my eye on that game for sure Um, it's a it's afc east divisional battle as the jets travel to buffalo um, Lee, you famously penned the letter to Joe Douglas. Uh, Jets are six and a half road dogs here. What are you? Uh, I mean, is this Darnold's last stand for you this year? I mean, what are you trying to see from the Jets in this game? Um, I picked the Jets last year. I bet them last year in this very game, Week One, and I got my heart broken. Um, it's a brutal game. 
And I think that they're going to compete in this game. I want to believe they're going to compete in this game. But at this point, betting on Adam Gase and the Jets um, and regretfully saying Sam Darnold, even though I love Sam Darnold, you're asking if it's the end for me. No, for me, it's far from the end for Sam Darnold. Um, but for the Jets, it may be if they don't find their way to, you know, a 11 through 20 pick this year. Because if they're picking top 10, I think they're probably going to draft a quarterback. Um, but that's down the road, and we're talking week one. And Buffalo, six and a half, man. I can see why it's there. I like the defense, obviously. I think Buffalo is a semi-blue-chip team at this point in terms of coaching uh, the defense, obviously, and then bringing Stephon Diggs in. But I think the Jets have the better quarterback. And, again, I'm, I'm on a stay away here, but my heart's saying the Jets. So I'm going to pick the Jets straight up wow. and then pick them because – because I'm with it. Last year I got my heart broken and I'm ready for it to happen. He's right back I'm in the well. I'm a Jets fan. And I'm just going to – I'm going in with Darnold here. Yeah. Payback. We One year if later. We're, if we were going against the spread, I probably think I would take the Jets. But, I mean, Lee, I, I, love, I love the passion for you. Um, but I just think the Bills are just a little – their defense is too good. I, I definitely think I'm going to be throwing this under 39.5 in a teaser, an atomic teaser special, and tease that up to 45, 46. Because uh, this is a clear under look for me. These are two kind of anemic offenses, I think, um, even the Bills with, with Josh Allen. And I think Stephon Diggs is in for a big year. And this Jets secondary is not too good. So obviously there's, there's no some fans. exposure there. Yeah, no, no, no fans is right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take Buffalo just because for, for the same exact reason, Lee, I mean, you brought up the game last year, the Jets, if I remember correctly, were kind of leading the whole game, but it was like 13, 10. Um, and then I believe they turned it over and, and the, I think the Buffalo ended up winning 16, 13, or maybe it was 16, No, it was 17, 16. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Not, the yeah, Jets I mean, were up 16, nothing. Yes. Mistaken, yes. They? You're right. You're right. They were up 16, right. nothing. And the bills came back and won. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was brutal. I mean, I thought we were in the green. You know, you can never count your eggs. But uh, I, I thought we were in the green, and it, and it turned out bad. Yeah, but you can continue. I just – I'm on the Jets. I think, you know, I'm, Darnold, man. you got to believe in Darnold. i got to put my money where my mouth well, is with Darnold, yeah. and I think this is a game that they kind of need to win. We talk a lot about the uh, quarterback battles, you know, and, and Darnold and Allen from, from the same class and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know – I'd just like to throw out there, this is the uh, OT1 for the Latrobe boys battle with uh, Cody Ford and oh, Mekhi yeah. <laughs> You know, well, let's see how that matchup pans out. <laughs> oh, That's, man, those that, the two hogs. Yeah, those are some, those are some BJP hogs. Um, I'm also curious to kind of see, you know, I think there obviously is a narrative on Josh Allen now. Lee beautifully, poetically coined him Mitch Trubisky with a, with a nutsack. And there's been a lot of people who, are kind of comparing this Bills team being the, the next iteration of, you know, the Jaguars, uh, Bears. Uh, I don't know who that team was last year. I guess the Bills were that team Rams. last year. Yeah, well, but, you know, the great defense, bad quarterback. Makes the playoffs. Uh, what do they do in the year after? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Completely. I will say I think we all can agree that the Sean McDermott, the, the infrastructure there is a little bit more impressive than in Chicago and in Jacksonville. But I really am curious to see how – the league is game planning around Josh Allen. The the Bills are saying they don't want him to run as much this year. I just don't see how that's going to be possible. I just think so much of what he does is, you know, scrambling and you know throwing for 198 yards and, and rushing you know for 100. So 
I am really curious to see, you know, Greg Williams. I know he loves to get after it. And, um, I, you know, again, all these matchups are great, but I am really – I think the t- key takeaway for me is, you know, the Bills offense and Josh Allen especially, you know, coming into this year. Uh, this next game is a really fun one, I think. It's, it's kind of my under-the-radar game. It's definitely a BJP game. Uh, and that's the Ve- the Vegas Raiders taking a visit to Carolina, playing the Panthers, the Matt Rule coaching debut. I think uh, John Middlecoff tweeted out something like there's like $127 million between both Gruden and Rule. It's like the highest possible paid coaching uh, game that you could have. Um, and I'm taking the Panthers, baby. Get oh, in. Give me them. I love the heart here, Clep, but uh... – I'm back in the Raiders. More experience from top to bottom. Um, I think I might even have the bet Vegas and wins pool, don't I? Oh, shit. That article's got to get out there tomorrow. That, that'll, yeah, be a, that'll be a grind for me. Midnight oil. Yeah. Midnight oil, yep. Uh, where was I? The Raiders, yeah. I think um, the offense is going to come out with a pop here. I think this is going to be a fairly high-scoring game. Don't love either team's defense, but at the end of the day, I think the Raiders – have a better defense, more experienced coach, probably, you know, a less potent offense, but all things considered, I'm on the Raiders a bit this year, um, and I think it kind of has to start here. Um, You're on the road, but this is a team that, on paper, you probably should beat, and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going Raiders. Yeah, I'm going Raiders here, too. you know, this was a line that I initially, I remember texting you guys when it was one and a half or one or whatever, saying I liked Vegas. And even at three, I still think It moved I, quick, man. It moved, it moved, it moved very quick. Well, I think, there, you know, a lot of sharps are on here. And I think the main, re- I mean, I really think Carolina has the worst defense in the league. And I think that the Raiders, even if, no matter how subpar their offense may be to to uh, Carolina, they have a similar quarterback situation, I think, with, with Derek Carr and, and Teddy Bridgewater. I think those guys are kind of similar in, in some ways. And I think this is just Josh Jacobs is going to be the run defense here, and we're really going to see how impactful Derek Brown is um, on this team's on the team run defense in Carolina. Um, and I don't I don't really think it's going to be too high scoring of a game. I, I just kind of think that this is going to be all all Raiders. And if you have a Raiders over ticket or under ticket, I think this game is crucial for them. I remember, you know, I've I've gotten a little warmer on the Raiders as time has gone on, but still I don't see them as a really high high level team, but I think you've got Tampa, New Orleans. Um, I want to say the Patriots. You have a pretty tough schedule coming up after this. So I think for the future success for this Raiders season, this is a must-win for them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that point, Tommy. I, want, I was going to literally say, like, if you're the Raiders and you lose this game, I think it's a little bit questionable. You know, I, Obviously, yeah. I'm higher on the Panthers than most people, but still, this is a game that you expect to win. Um, you know, you think you, you say you know you talk about the Raiders having maybe a good offensive game, but they are starting two rookies at receiver, and Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. Um, I love Brian Edwards. I was one of the biggest Brian Edwards fans uh, in this in this room here. But yeah, Ruggs is is what he is. He's fast, but it's more of a question of does Derek Carr throw the ball downfield to him? Um, so yeah, I think definitely Raiders should expect to win. But I, I like the Panthers in a little bit of an upset. Teddy a little more consistent defense rallies. Matt Rule, one to know, baby. Um, big game, big game here. Uh, Lee, you want to kick it off? I don't, I don't know what to say. I can kick it off, man. Oh. The Detroit Lions opening up the season, hosting the Mitch Trubisky-led Chicago Bears, who Mitch Trubisky has led and shred 
when he plays the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, the Lions have been a bit, a bit injured, a bit hampered in some of these instances. But at the end of the day, um, I understand why people like Klepp have a bit of fear in this matchup. But you asked me to kick it off, and I'm confident. I got money on the line. I don't usually put money on the line, but I, I, I did with the Detroit Lions here. I'm gonna put fifty uh, on the mo- I'm gonna three. put fifty on them. What do you got? I, that's what I did. Fifty minus three, yeah. even bet. Get me to a Benji. Double me up. Uh, I'm not on hey, the Trubisky. Hard to catch what you can't see. Double up that boy, just I, like Dom would. Honestly, I'm I'm glad Trubisky's starting. I think yeah. Foles is a little bit more intimidating against this Lions defense. I'm excited to see what the Lions are going to present on defense. And I think, you know, this is a team that Tommy said it earlier, and and I'll repeat it. They, their floor of offense in this game should be 24 points. They should get to 24 points and be able to kind of move from there, win the game from there. Um, but I'm really looking for this to be a touchdown or more win, honestly. That's where my head is at, and I'm, I'm confident on the minus three. I've been fading the Bears all offseason. I've been on the Lions. It's time to put my money where my mouth is. So I'm, I'm with the minus three here. Am I taking it, Clepper? Go for it. Yeah, I'll finish this up. Yeah, I mean, Lee pretty much summed up where I'm at, too. This is another line that, you know, I don't think we got the best of the number necessarily. It was, you know, minus one, I believe, it opened yeah, at, or minus and one and a half. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, wow, the Lightning just scored. Wow, I didn't see that. Sorry, guys. Little little NHL. Sorry, tomorrow little, night. Little, little, yep. Well, we, Club, we can have a little uh, post-pod post talk about that. one second left in the game. they not? No, never mind. I Sorry. mean, less than 10 seconds left. Wow, that's huge. Um... And so the Lions, I mean, Lee pretty much summed it up for me. We had a conversation off off uh, off pod earlier, and I said, you know, I'm, I think the team total for the Lions is 23 and a half, and I'm expecting, I think this game is going to be huge for kind of, you know, I'm this is the most bullish I've been on the Lions since we've had this podcast. I think that this this team has a chance to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. I really think they could be a top five offense in the NFL, and I am expecting them to be a top ten offense in the NFL, and I just think. I'm expecting this game to be the end result to be, you know, Mitch Trubisky just couldn't score with the Lions offense. It doesn't really matter how bad the Lions defense was or how, you know, solid the Bears defense is. I just am really expecting the Lions offense to, you know, go off on all cylinders. Um, you know, I just think this this Lions offense, man, they just, I'm not going to be surprised. I know, you know, I'm preaching in the choir here, but I'm not going to be surprised when we they just got so much talent, man. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, these are guys who are kind of relatively unproven. And then you got Marvin Jones and uh, and Galladay, obviously. I'm just kind of really expecting the Lions to roll here and kind of start off their season on the right foot, kind of foreshadowing what type of team this is going to be, kind of what we saw last year. So I'm expecting a big win for the Lions in week one. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things I want to address with this game. Um, I've been texting back and forth with Charlie Brown a lot, just trying to gauge where each other's heads are at when it, when it comes to this Sunday. And uh, I think a, a big thing that he and I talked about was uh, the offensive line for Detroit uh, going up against this defensive line. And you have three new starters uh, along the offensive line, basically. I'm assuming it's going to be Joe Dahl there at left guard, uh, Jonah Jackson, the rookie at right guard, and Big V at right tackle. And they're going to have to go against Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, and Keem Hicks. Uh, so that's going to be a, a crucial point. Can the Lions win this game at the line of scrimmage? Can they keep Safford clean? Uh, and I'm not super confident that they can do that, frankly. 
Um, and then the other thing is just this defense, which was one of the worst in the NFL last year, if not the worst, depending on what metrics you look at. Uh, they have like five or six new starters um, that you're going to be seeing. Uh, I think Amani Orarie and Desmond Trufant are going to be your two outside starting corners. Uh, Deron Harmon is going to be your starting strong safety. Jamie Collins is going to start at linebacker somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, Danny Shelton is going to start on the interior line. Nick Williams may start on the interior line. Um, Julian Okwara, I don't know if he'll start, but I think he'll get some serious run uh, rushing the passer. So a lot of new faces on the defensive line that they're also going to have to shake out some, some things there. So um, are there any other kind of pressure points you see, Lee? I, I think Tommy put it really well when he said, you know, can Mitch score with this offense? I, I like that a lot, and, you know, I would underline that. And well, say I mean, that, here's the other thing, too, is, like, does Nagy kind of take the reins off Mitch, right, and just let him go loose? Because like, so much of that offense last year seemed so constricted and limited, and like they didn't. Want I'd to love for him to let him go loose. Yeah, I know. I think I know. that the, I think that's good. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um. My my ideal. This is my if if the Lions first play on offense. Here's what I was thinking, Lee. Let me know if this is a little too much. All right. But you know, this is a foreshadowing to the to the North Dakota high school dominance days when we're we're kind of drawing up a first fifteen. Uh, I'm thinking we put. Agnew in the slot, all right, fake jet sweep to Agnew, and then uh, screen to Swift the opposite way. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I, I, can't, I can't say I don't like it, but uh, hey, man, I, I'll let Daryl Bevel call up the plays. I'll let Daryl Be- Bevel draw on the on the big board let's just let's just say if i had won the preseason competition to be like the fan that calls the play that's, that's what i would be that's what i'd be drawn up i think that's six six seven yards right? oh yeah that's a great i just had a great idea uh now that i'm on the west coast i'm having these great movie ideas i just had this great <laughs> idea for a like mike-esque movie starring a young adam klepp slim klepp where he, he becomes the, you know, the next Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. You know, some, <laughs> we don't know how he's going to acquire these powers, but so, you know, circumstances lead him to being on that sideline for week one. And he calls the, uh, the, the PA Jets. You've been having that dream ever since you created him in Madden. Oh, yeah. Cause all I, all we <laughs> Am want I in Madden? Was I created? Yeah, in Madden yeah. 19. My, my first dynasty was a Lions dynasty where uh, <laughs> KJ Costello ended up taking the reins and we won like four Super Bowls. It was... Uh, Adam Clapp on the side on the sidelines, roaming the sidelines. Yeah, I was, the, I, was uh, I was too I was too fitty back in nineteen, boy. Well, I was gonna say your your avatar was a little heavy and, I, and it was a little too unrealistic for me at a certain point because like Clapp NFL Clapp in that weight room in the morning on the treadmill, there's no way he'd be this heavy. This this I had a wild morning. Lee will love this. I, I had to go back to the blood bank because they couldn't they couldn't send my test results out on a Friday because they got to outsource it. So I had to come back during the middle of the week. Uh, so I had been fasting. Two trips. I had been. I had been, been fasting since lunch yesterday. Let's go. Went to the went to the blood place. They took four vials out of me. You pass out? No, no. They gave me a Capri Sun. I I I, I tanked that thing. I had a cold brew before I went uh, to, to the to the, to the place. That good blood. Drove straight to the track and ran a five k. You know. So I was I was yes. I was feeling myself a little bit. Oh man, I was feeling funky. That's a re- that's a morning in Syracuse. Yeah. We won't tell you how them nights go. <laughs> no, Syracuse nights. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the AFC South. Uh, Colts at Jags. Uh, give me the Colts, I guess. I think, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. I want to see what Phillip Rivers does uh, against a clearly inferior opponent. I just can't help to feel that like the Jaguars don't have anything positive going on. They kind of feel like the Dolphins of last year, where it's just like they're trading players. No one seems confident in what's happening. The only thing that's really going to save them is just Minshew being Minshew and kind of the Minshew mania coming back. Um, so I, I just, with, I mean, Yannick's gone. Now that Fournette was probably a great thing there. I, it's just, this team seems devoid of talent and the Colts have a really, really solid roster all around. So I, I give me Colts and the minus eight, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't bet it. Um, actually, I, I, I might. I might, but I just Classic think it's teaser. funky. It's funky. Yeah, I like the tease. Maybe it's AFC South. It's it's you know. Also have like one. a weird losing streak in Jacksonville or something. Yeah, it's Rivers, so you know you don't know. But at the same time, it's like I have no confidence in Jacksonville. I, I you know, well said, Clep. I think that they're kind of devoid of talent. They're completely in a in a shift year. I think Marone is gone. Um, and I, I, I just think that there's a lot more to be confident about with the Colts here. Um, and I think they likely run away with this one. Um, so I have a little bit of fear just because of the nature of the matchup with week one and the division and the COVID and all that. But at the same time, I, I think I, I don't want to be too scared of the number that's higher than seven. I think this might be the biggest blowout um, on the slate. Yeah, could be uh, eerily reminiscent to our Baltimore was seven point favorites in Miami last year, and obviously won you know like fifty to two or three or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I mean I'm with you guys. I think I wouldn't take the Colts minus eight. Um, I would probably tease it, but you know even then, I I mean I think I'm the lowest on the Colts out of all you guys, and you know, I see the potential, but. To me, I think it just comes down to being a, a Philip Rivers fantasy owner last year and watching him and just kind of getting the impression that he was cooked. Obviously, I think he's in a better, you know, situation now with you know Jonathan Taylor is going to be towed in the rock. He's got a great offensive line. Uh, Hilton and Pittman, I think, are going to be good, you know, options for him. So I definitely think you know this is a an opportune spot for the Colts to start off the season with a win. They really need to win this game. Um, but unless I'm teasing this, I probably stay away. And then, you know, Clep, I think you made a great point, you know, with the Jaguars. It even seems worse than Miami. I don't know. Probably, you know, obviously last year we were talking about Miami being the worst team in the league after that Cowboy, like, three, three weeks. But, you know, just not a lot going for Jacksonville. And even if you, even if Minshew is a franchise quarterback, this still is probably only like a five or six win team, you know. So I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you kind of want to get this ugly year over with and, you know, go into next year with your two first round picks and uh, start that rebuild, but that's a little bit of a non-sequitur. So I'm sticking with the Colts, uh, probably on a tease, but definitely taking them. Uh, I wanted to backtrack super quickly back to the Lions because there was a question I forgot to ask you guys. Um, Adrian Peterson over under five and a half carries. Over. Over. I think that's an, yeah, I think that's an no, what's, over. What's your, what's your number a... then, Lee? What are you thinking? Shoot, I think he might get like seven or eight. Right. Yeah, I was going to say seven or eight. Too, to be honest, yeah, I think make it seven or eight. I mean, are you we'll telling me if that. if they get if they get in if they are like first and goal from like the seven or the five, Patricia's not going to run Peterson on first down? I think you know. Well, there is all. He's probably got the biggest fumbling issue out of any running back on the roster. 
So I don't know if that's necessarily going to – I just think he might get run because the uh, running back room is like a little bit nicked yeah. up. So I feel like there's just a little bit of stability there. Um, that's a great signing, know, by the way. I, I mean, yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, he's a workhorse. He's a workhorse. I don't want. I don't think it really confuses the running back room that much. No, um, which is good. He did, he did, so, it's insurance. He'd be the kid. Well, <laughs> Cliff, why are you bringing that up, man? I mean, a lot of players did a lot of things that were that were kind of just glazing over in this uh, in this preview. So. <laughs> Uh, NFC North, uh, another battle going on. All the all the divisional teams playing each other. Uh, the Packers visiting the Vikings, man. And as much as I've waxed poetic about the Vikings, I, I can't stop looking at this Packers getting plus money on the road with no fans. Like I, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Clep, because uh, this happens. You know, uh, obviously during football season, I, I just. I'm picking a team all week, all week, and then right around the time where it's time to think about, you know, whether or not I really want to go forward with the pick. Um, sometimes I just get a rush, and, and I'm just feeling like the Packers are going to win this game. Yeah. I feel like I've picked the Vikings in this scenario so many times. And I also kind of wanted to talk about, I think, you know, Connor made some good points, and I don't want to give him all the credit, but I think I might. We might be. I saw that Danielle Hunter is injured. Yeah, he's on uh, for IR, the first three which, weeks at least. Yeah, and I like Ngakwe, but he's new to the defense. You got a really young secondary. I'm not. There's just some things I think. You know, obviously you lost Diggs. Um, we're, we might be. You know, overlooking here with the Vikings. I think there's a little bit more. You know, consistency with Green Bay. Um, and I think this is going to be a close one. Wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings won, but right now I'm picking I'm picking the Packers to win. Yeah, I kind of really haven't had an opinion on this game other than this line has been wrong since the jump. I mean, it opened at three, I believe, and now it's at two and a half. Um, I think a lot of the reason why, Lee, you're probably having second thoughts is because of the line, to be honest. I think if this opened as with the Packers being three-point, you know, favorites on the road like Seattle would be like, oh, the Vikings at home getting three points. Like that's kind of, I think You're these teams, right. yeah. you know, I think these are just two teams who last year, I guess you could say, I mean, the Packers for sure overperformed. The Vikings had that huge upset win against New Orleans and then got completely smacked by San Francisco. Um, I think we kind of both know what these teams are. I'm not really Both these teams got smacked. Yeah, completely. And, you know, the Vikings secondary was awful for all of last year, and they kind of seceded um, in spite of that. And then the Packers were, you know, fraudulent. You know, we well-documented. We thought they were fraudulent throughout the year. Um, So I guess I'm kind of avoiding picking a side here, but I guess I just – I guess I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, I mean, I feel better about the Vikings this year. I'm expecting the Packers to kind of not win 13 games this year, but – Here's the um, thing, too, think, though, that, like, um, scares me about the Packers a little bit is, like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been peak Aaron Rodgers for the past two seasons, but I totally see a universe where he kind of just goes into Aaron Rodgers, I'm the greatest championship belt mode, where it's like, all right, everyone's doubting me. They're saying 13-3 and wasn't good enough. They drafted a quarterback. I'm just going to go out here and, like, ball out. Like, I, I can just yeah. kind of, like, see that scenario happening easily, and that scares me. And they just don't have anyone to stick Devontae Adams to. I mean, we all love Jeff Gladney, but 
if if Jeff Gladney's first NFL task. game, yeah. his responsibility is is sticking Devontae Adams for a whole game. I mean, all these rookie corners are going to get burned, you know, regardless. Um, I just, you know, this. It's also, a tough this matchup. Packers defense, I think, is going to get after this Vikings O line, man. Mm-hmm. I think the O line is should be a little bit in question. Um, Tommy, I know you really like Justin Jefferson. I liked him. I don't think he's ready to be um, a studly complimentary receiver right now, to be honest. I don't think I'd go that far. I'm not necessarily shocked that he's listed as the third receiver on the depth chart. I don't know um, too much about B.C. Johnson. What I saw of him last year, he seemed all right. I don't know if I necessarily would say from what I've seen of him that he's better than Justin Jefferson. But then feeling as a one um, – have we really seen that yet? Like him being a one, uh, I guess. I, I guess time, a couple times, but not necessarily. I think you know, Thielen, being that number one workhorse. I think Thielen's a one if he's able to stay healthy. I think the problem with Thielen has been he's you know he's gotten hurt. I think the last three yeah, years for sure. But he's and I'm interested better. to see how they involve Irv Smith as well because I think totally. these Green I, well, Bay Packers are, are. And if Justin Jefferson is labeled number three on the depth chart because he's third in pecking order or he's their slot receiver. I think that's going to be huge to see because Jefferson was, you know, you, they had, you had Jamar Chase on the outside and you had Justin Jefferson as the slot guy at LSU and he was Joe Burrow's favorite target. So I think it bodes well for Jefferson if he's in the slot. I think he'll be kind of a target hound there. But if it means that he's kind of third in the pecking order and he hasn't really caught up with a guy like B.C. Johnson who's in his second year in the system, um, you know, I, you know I'm not, I don't really have an opinion on it either way, but I do think that I do really like Justin Jefferson's talent, and I do expect, you know, yeah. midway through the season that he's going to be in that number two role pretty comfortably. But um, another awesome game, so. Yeah, that one's going to be a, a ton of fun to watch. A lot of good, you know, 1 o'clock games. Uh, it's always weird. 10, 10 a.m. games for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, it's, it's always weird when they load up these 1 o'clock games and they just kind of give you three in, in the 4 o'clock window. It's a little, you know. But I think at the same time, though, I'm, I'm happy enough with, to just to sit back and watch Buck Saints, as we'll get to a little bit later. But. Um, Dolphins heading up to New England where they kind of like ended the Brady era last year with winning there in week 17 and, and preventing them from getting a bye. And then obviously the rest is kind of history there with them losing to the Titans and the Cam Newton saga of, of New England begins and, um, New England had a ton of opt-outs on defense. It's a little bit confusing as to who Newton is going to throw to other than Edelman on this offense. Damian Harris just went on IR. Um, but I kind of just trust Belichick to figure it out. And I think, you know, Miami might be a good warm-up game for them. They got Fitzpatrick going. And I still don't really trust everything that's going on over there with the Dolphins. So um, give me the Patriots with this minus six and a half. Yeah, I've really talked myself into this one. I'm not really buying into the Dolphins going to be a 7- or 8-win team, going to be competitive this year. Obviously, you should be scared of the fact that the Dolphins um, did do what they did last year late in the season to the Patriots, but I think this is kind of a complete turning of the page when it comes to the Patriots. Obviously, they had their opt-outs. I still think they have a defense that's probably top 10, arguably can can compete at an elite level uh, down the line here. I know they lost some pieces, but still, I think that this is a really strong secondary, obviously extremely well coached. And then on offense, um, I'm definitely looking for some things out of Nikhil Harry. Obviously, Edelman has been pretty consistent. The weapons are in question, but I, it's not like the Dolphins are necessarily a team that's going to um, go off on offense. At least, I don't think so uh, against this Patriots defense. So, I think the Patriots at home will kind of be able to subdue the Dolphins a little bit. 
and run away with this one by, you know, uh, two possessions. Yeah, I'm definitely on the Patriots as well. Um, I, I'm definitely not as confident as you, Lee. This is a for sure stay away from me. Um, I, I guess it's just, you know, the fact that I haven't seen Cam Newton in this offense and I know that the coaching is there and all of the kind of intangible from, from their, you know, structure. It's obviously it's the Patriots. Um, but like Klepp alluded to, the Dolphins gave the Patriots trouble last year, and obviously they won in week 17 or whatever it was, or 16, yeah, 17, and pushed the Patriots out of that two seed. Um, you know, Flores knows the organization. I'm not trying to, I'm kind of making a devil's advocate case for why I'm not as confident in the Patriots. I mean, I'm still, you know, would, I'm going to pick them and pick them. But I do think, you know, it fits, it can continue, continues, you know, <laughs> Do some Fitz magic and keep this team live. You have Devontae Parker. You have Preston Williams. You have some nice receivers. Preston Will- I don't know if Preston Williams is going to get full run. Okay. Necessarily. Well, either he's, way, he's, he's hampered still. As long. I mean, as you're, you're pretty. You had a lot of opt outs at receiver for Miami too. You're pretty yeah. thin there. Yeah. And you know you got Gasecki. And if, I don't think Fitz is necessarily. I just think that. This is still kind of a rebuild for Miami. And it's it's the kickoff of the season. This game means a lot if the Patriots lose. I mean, completely. I think you know this is kind of a pivotal, um, and, obviously divisional game. So well, yeah, and I just want to say the Patriots defense too, Lee. I mean, I at a glance agree with you, but if you want to talk about opt outs, I mean, they had I think they had the most opt outs in the league. A lot of it came on the defense. They did, you know, Donta Hightower, you know, Uche. Uh, our man, who you know, who's the Swiss Army knife they drafted, Kyle Duggar. A lot of these, a lot of these rookies are, you know, you're just counting on a lot of unproven talent. And obviously, they have the coaching there, but I am, I'm skeptical of this Patriots roster until kind of proven, proven otherwise. Um, was thrilled to get them in Winspool in, in the third round, but still, I think this, you know, there's a lot of questions with this team. I'm expecting them to be competitive, but definitely just to stay away from me, just because it's Week One and I'm not, I don't really have a read on them yet. Uh, NFC East Eagles versus Washington uh, Lee and Tommy are you with us that this is the survivor pick of the week with the Eagles or are you uh, riding high Tommy's definitely Washington? not with it I'm definitely not I'm, I'm not definitely not on that survivor wavelength um, I guess I'll start it off are on, your, are your uh, Washington's football teams going to be frisky here they're going to be frisky just like they were last year when they were an even worse I believe I had no, I had Seattle and Survivor last year against Cincinnati to open it up, but Philly was again. This was the Week One matchup last year. was was the popular pick. Went down twenty-one nothing, I believe it was early, um, and and came back behind Deshaun Jackson in his his only healthy game of the year, um, completely destroying his old team. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the Eagles, and it, and it looks like the Sharps. The the line has now moved down to five and a half here on on Fox Bet, um, moving down a full point. Uh, it's going to be a stay away for me. I mean, I probably I would consider teasing the Eagles down to you know plus one or whatever it was. I, I am expecting them to win. They should win. They're a better team. But then again, you have these injuries on the offensive line. Is Lane Johnson not a go week one? I don't believe he is, right? Or no, they put Peters there. Well, they right. had Peters at oh, left. Oh, but, yeah. No, but I I think your even boy Lane, Jack Driscoll might be starting. Yeah, right tackle. And hey, what has my main case been with Washington all year? This defensive line's gonna get after it, you know. And I think Carson Wentz. I mean, I if the if the offensive line stands out, it is. And, and Jason P- Peters and, and Jason Kelsey, the two Jasons, are your only two impactful linemen. Very impactful, albeit. This Washington D line is gonna get after Wentz. They're gonna be in his face. I think the whole game. 
And then on the other end, the you know the the big thing with Washington, the wild card is the offensive line, obviously, and Dwayne Haskins. I'm more confident in Haskins than the offensive line, but I think that Washington's going to be live in this game. I probably would take them on the points because I think this is going to be a close game, but I am going to pick the Eagles to win this game because they really should and they have to win, I think, to keep up with the Cowboys, who I will be picking later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm all over the Eagles. I, I think they're going to win this one by a couple touchdowns, honestly. I don't. Uh, I think Tommy made some really good points uh, about Washington, and I think early on it might be close at halftime, but four quarters of football, I think the Eagles are just a better team from top to bottom. Um, obviously, there's a little bit more cause for concern with this game with the Eagles than there was a few weeks ago, um, but I'm still kind of staring at these uh, these rosters. The line seems about right. I thought it was right at six. I'm all over five and a half. I think you lay the points with the Eagles here. Um, you take the favorite, uh, and I think that they, like I said, separate late and win by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I like the Eagles too, Lee, and they'll be my survivor pick. So uh, let's go to the first four o'clock game here. The Chargers visiting the Bengals, and I'm going to choose the Bengals, baby, straight up. Uh, I don't know. I think this is a weird, weird game. I don't love the Chargers. I've just been kind of fading them a little bit. and I don't know. I have a weird feelings about the Bengals. The whole cornerback situation has kind of gone to crap with Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander. I don't really know what's going on. I haven't looked into what's going on with Alexander recently, but um, I don't know. I don't have a great feeling about either this one. I won't be betting it, but just give me the Bengals straight up, baby. Could get funky. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far, but, you know, I think that the, the line is three for good reason in the Chargers' favor. I think this is probably going to be a close game. Um, I'm not really a huge Chargers guy, as, you know, the listeners probably know from the previews. But ultimately, I just think the Chargers' defense is still pretty good, even without Derwin James. Um, and the Bengals are pretty much fairly far behind where the Chargers are in terms of development as a team and, and, and as a roster. So I think the Chargers are just kind of a headier pick in this game. But, Clep, I, I admire the gusto, man. But I, I'm going with the uh, with the Chargers here. Yeah, I'm with Lee. Um, probably will be picking the Chargers just because I think they have a higher floor. But And, and again, much like the Washington-Philly analysis, I re- this Bengals offensive line is really going to make or break this team, I think. Because I, you know, I think Burrow is going to be good you know, regardless. But the fact that he has that offensive line in front of him is a clear concern for me. And this Chargers D-line really can get after it on the edge with Ingram and Bosa. Obviously, Interested um, to see Terod, too, to kind of see where he's at. Totally. Is he going to be Bills Terod or Browns Terod? And, and, and I think my main takeaway is this is an under I like at 42. Um, potentially it would tease it up even if you want to be safe. Because even if Terod is Bills Terod, it's a lot of field goals, and it's a lot of game managing and letting your defense take care of it. Sure. Um, and the Bengals' defense, while I don't think is great, I think they're going to be a little bit better than this year, and I just don't really see a high offensive ceiling from this Chargers team. Um, and then again, you know, if, if the Bengals are unable to protect Joe Burrow, I see this being a really close game that's going to kind of come down to one quarterback or one offense making, making a big play in the, in the second half. Um, so I'd probably take the Bengals on the points if I were to play it, and, but I'm going to be picking the Chargers. Um, Lee, are, are we are we in parlay lockstep here with these next two games? Maybe we can just group them together. Um, or have you, have yeah, you man. Out? 
No, no, I haven't backed out. I'm I'm on board with with these games. All right. Well, it's it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the New Orleans Saints, uh, which is kind of the big uh, afternoon game of the week. Super excited about that one. See Brady and the Bucks going up against Breeze and the Saints. Um, and then you have the Cardinals visiting the 49ers, and um, this is you know, this is going to be a little bit of a parlay here. I've got the the Bucks and the Cardinals on the money line, uh, just trying to make a couple hundred. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I like the Bucks to win, honestly, straight up. I do. I, I was yeah. kind of even surprised to see it at the three and a half, and I even saw a tweet today that Vegas has like a multi-million dollar liability on the Buccaneers just in terms of like Super Bowl bets and overall betting in general. Um, wow. So yeah. Vegas seems to be I'm, undervaluing I'm with them. You, man. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? Vegas is usually right, so maybe we're going to have egg on our face here. But Brady on this Buccaneers team, which has a kind of underrated defense going into New Orleans with no fans, like I'm kind of all over that with plus money. Yeah, I mean it's similar to the Patriots almost when in terms of us not really seeing what we're gonna get uh, when it comes to the offense and Brady with Tampa Bay. But I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think maybe the Saints take the lead early, but down the line, it's gonna be close. And I like the Bucks, man. I think I, I think that uh, the offense is gonna pop week one, and I think they're gonna get rolling early. So I'm with you. Yeah. Then, well, tell go ahead, Lee. Well, I was just going to move into the next game, but we can do that. I can do that after. Okay. Your, I mean, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep it short and sweet. I'm on the Saints. Um, you guys make good points. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks win, but I think you guys have a little bit disrespected the Saints over the last couple of years for, for good reason. Um, and you know, I, I think this is probably one of the better regular season teams in the in the NFC or in the NFL, really. And they've dominated this division for a reason. You got the coaching, you've got the offense, and you've got the defense. You know, just because Drew Brees can't throw the ball, I, I probably can throw the ball farther than Drew Brees. Drew, Drew Brees is looking no, at a 35-yard 35 35, depth of target here with Drew Brees. That's his max depth of target. But uh, this is a stay away. I am I'm, can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but I just think the Saints are just offering a little bit too high of a floor, and I'd be betting on a little too much unknown in, in Tampa Bay with a lot of new parts. So I'm going to stick with the Saints. Um, and then moving into Arizona Club, I don't know if you want to give any more insight, but I really like the Cardinals straight up in this game, honestly. Uh, I've kind of been talking myself into this one, too. Uh, I just like what the Cardinals are cooking. I'm really confident about Kyler Murray. I think the 49ers are dealing with some injuries. Fred Warner just got back in the defense from, I think, a, the COVID designation. Um, I just think there are some... I'm interested to see what this Niners defense is going to look like, and I think that they kind of may have gotten exposed a tiny bit in the latter part of the Super Bowl, and I'm interested to see how they're going to react in that. And then the Cardinals are one of the hottest teams this offseason, huge acquisition in New Hopkins. I think this offense is really going to pop, and I, I like the Cardinals kind of as a flyer here at plus 245 on Fox Bet, um, just with the upside they offer, and then the 49ers kind of, the, the Debo injury kind of worries me. Ayuk is banged up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're both bit. kind and, of questionable uh, for week one. Yeah, so I'm so I think that this is going to be Cardinals gave him trouble last year. I think this has kind of become a popular bet over the past few days. Yeah, the lines moved down. Um, it's a at little six bit. and a half on Fox Bet. I liked it a lot more at seven, but at the same time, I think this is a money line look. Honestly, I think this could be uh, kind of the coming out party for the Cardinals because. Quite honestly, I'd be a little bit disappointed if the 49ers just came out and handled them all game. Like, I wouldn't be off the train necessarily, 
But I think this is a game where the Cardinals absolutely should be competing. Yeah, and uh, I think, too, those those big receiver injuries are, are kind of what's making me lean Cardinals. And you can argue, yeah, the Cardinals were one of the worst teams defending tight ends in the league last year, and you're looking at Kittle, who is probably second to Kelsey just in terms of receiving. But if you can focus all your energy with your new chess piece and, and Simmons, Buda Baker, you just paid him a bunch of money and say, all right, we're just going to take Kittle out of the game. You know, you got to need, you know, the run defense to rally a little bit there, but I don't think it's going to be quite, you know, maybe the blowout um, that potentially would be there if Debo and Ayuk were, were fully healthy. And Ayuk is still a rookie. I mean, we don't know what he can contribute uh, from week one. So I, I kind of just like the Cardinals to continue trending upward offensively, especially now with, you know, a full offseason with Kenyon Drake, adding DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and adding at least you know one piece along that offensive line with Josh Jones, he is a rookie too. But um, in another year of Kyler, man, of him just kind of taking in the off season, and, and I, I don't know, man. I, Tommy, are you are you on the Cardinals Island here? Or are you rolling with the 49ers? Or are you taking the spread? I'm gonna stay chalk here and stay stay away from this game. Just too much unknown on the Cardinal side for me. Um, you guys make val- you make good points, but I guess my counters to the Debo and Ayuk injuries, even if both of them aren't there, I'm expecting. I'm expect. I mean, even I'll just go along with them both not being there. The the so much of their passing offense, I think, just stems from their ability to run the ball, and the Cardinals' run defense, I just think, is r- really abysmal, and especially in the interior of their defensive line. Um, I don't think Jordan Phillips, the guy they got from Miami, really is going to move the needle too much. I don't know if they still have Corey Peters in there. It's just not not a lot going on in that interior of the defensive line. And, Clep, you, you brought up a great point with Simmons and Baker via tight end where they really struggled last year. But I just think – I think I'm starting to get the feeling that we might be a year early on the Cardinals. Um, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm really pulling for Kyler and I believe in what they're building down there. But I just think the 49ers um, – you know, I'm not. Ex- I'm expecting them to regress a little bit from last year, but offensively, I think they offer a little bit too much. Um, if I had to bet the spread, I probably would take the Cardinals because I do think it's going to be a close game. But I just think the 49ers, again, uh, better coaching, much better defense, and the offense I think kind of offers a higher floor just because of how effective they're able to run the ball. But I'll definitely be staying away and just watching this for entertainment. Yeah, and I'm. So I mean, my plan is to put. I'm putting a bone on, on this parlay, man. 100, 100 bucks wow. gets you a return of uh, $797. So I, I fit. That's moved down. I know. I know. It was at. That's moved was down. At, wasn't it at 900? Yeah, it's moved down like a. It was like a thousand. Yeah, it's, it's moved down a lot, which is unfortunate. But it's moved down a I, lot. I still, I still like it. I, I mean, I still like it. And I'm going to put an extra, just. I think I'm just going to put an extra two, an extra 50 money line just only on the, on the bucks. Yeah. That's a good move. Yeah, I well, t- I'm taking Bucks money line honestly, kind of as like a fun play yeah. because it's like a game I want to watch, and I'd be totally cool not betting on it. But I also have so much like vested in the Buccaneers, and so much kind of not in the Saints. I've been fading them like ever since I picked them a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm it's kind of like more of a fun play where I'm throwing the, the Bucks of the underdog. You got plus one sixty, throw fifty bucks at it, and and kind of see where. Where it lands because I think it'll be close in the fourth quarter. I mean, if the yep. the Lions, Bucks, and, and Cards win, man, we had a nice little weekend. That's how that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. In Vegas, yeah. well, I think don't, don't count those eggs, man. I think uh, I think an early theme. You're gonna of, find my of ass at the D Las Vegas if that happens. I'm gonna <laughs> be right back in the, in the cut with Jim. Yes, sir. 
Um, I was just going to say, you know, these last three, these next three games we're about to preview, I have uh, specific leans on, and all the lines have moved against my favor on them. And I think that's happened for a lot of these lines. And I just think we're going to have to be a little bit more, uh, we're going to have to be on the muscle this year and be getting there on Sunday night for the next week, you know, and really be hammering those lines early before the Sharps get them. Because we're Sharps. We need, to, we need to be with the Sharps getting them on Sunday night. So, hey, let's hope that we do that this year. That's intro material right there. <laughs> um, we're Sharps. Tommy, give us this next one, baby. Man, this is Cowboys all the way. You know, I put that under eight and a half on the Rams back on April 30th, along with my Clyde Edwards-Alaire Rookie of the Year ticket. And I'm feeling great about both of them. Um, the Cowboys, I mean, this is a money line play. Obviously, minus 150 is a little bit, the value has definitely shrunk uh, from where this game once was. Uh, this is probably another overplay, too. I just think this is the Cowboys offense, which I think is going to be stellar this year. And their defense, which has a very good... I mean, the Cowboys' defense is a top 15 unit. You know, even if they're in the 10 to 15 range, uh, I think this is a Super Bowl contending team just because I think this offense is going to be able to really score points with the best of them. And then the Rams, although I've, I've faded them throughout the, the, um, the summer and the offseason, I do think that this is the type of defense that they can take advantage of, and I still believe in McVay to a certain extent. So I definitely think this is going to be a close game, but I just have to go with the Cowboys here. Because I think they're the better team. I think they, you know, I'm really excited to see what Mike McCarthy can do and Kellen Moore and going into year two. Uh, and I just think this is a really good matchup for the Cowboys, and the schedule is going to get tougher. So I think this is a game they really need to win um, if they want to, you know, keep up with Philly that we mentioned earlier and have a chance in the NFC uh, East. Hold your horses, because I'm I'm on the Rams, wow. man. Opener at SoFi, first game back for Mike McCarthy. I think Tommy's getting all excited about CeeDee Lamb, who is a rookie nonetheless. Um, the offense obviously was great on paper last year. It didn't really get them too much. Uh, I think the defense is worse than it was last year. I think the Rams and Cowboys are two teams that probably are a little bit, both a little bit overrated. Both are expected to make the playoffs, and I don't think will. Um, but I ultimately think that the Rams opening in SoFi, um, by the way, icy uniforms. I'm on the icy uniforms board. I like the uniforms a lot. I don't like the tanks. logo, but but I like the uniforms, and uh, I'm with it, dude. I think that it's going to be a shootout. I'm not in love with Goff, but I think this Rams offense is going to uh, going to kind of be sneaky, and the Cowboys are going to be sent back to Dallas licking their wounds. Mike McCarthy going to get a little a little brush of reality in his first game back as a head coach. Oh, I'll, I'll stick. I'll, Feel that pressure a little I'll bit. I'll stick with you. He hasn't felt any pressure yet. I'll stick with you, Tom. It's great being the Dallas Cowboys head coach when you ain't feeling any pressure. All right, I'll stick with Tommy and, and the Cowboys. Let's go to Monday night. Um, the Zeeses, the Pittsburgh Zeeses. Survivor. Survivor lock of the week. Really? This is it right here. Easy. It's easy. I'm so mad I didn't get this at minus three and a half or even minus four. This line, this is the line that's moved the most. I guess I'll take the reins here. This is just the Giants are going to have a top three pick. Um, and the Steelers, the Steelers, while I, even if, even if they have Duck Hodges out there, the defense, this Giants offense isn't going to be able to do anything offensively, I think, just because of the Steelers defense. Um, this is going to be my survivor pick of the week. And I, I almost want to empty my whole Bavada account on that money line, even at minus 250. I just do not see a lot of scenarios where the Giants can win this game because I do think, although I've disparaged Roethlisberger a little bit, I do think this offense is going to be more alive. The Giants have an awful defense, a little bit of a scrappy live offense, but this Pittsburgh's defense is one of the better units in the league, 
and I'm expecting a little bit out of Big Ben and the offense, even though I don't really think they necessarily need to be great to win this game comfortably. You make me feel dirty picking Pittsburgh, and I think you're in for a reverse Zeus curse. I'm not going to pick the Giants here, but I think you're in. I think you're talking big talk, and you're in for a little bit of that reverse Zeus curse. And I'll just I'll just leave that out there. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think Tommy makes good points. I obviously like the Giants a lot more than he does. You can just you uh, like the yeah. Giants. You're a Giants fan, Lee. You've you've been high on the Giants since 2017. When I we think started that this. for you to say that their offense is like kind of scrappy, I think their offense is is pretty good. Um, and it's going to come down to Daniel Jones, and obviously, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his, but at the end of the day, I, I want to see what Ben has left in the tank. Um, got more faith in the Steelers team overall, but I don't know if I would touch six right now. I, I obviously like the Giants a little bit more than both you guys, so um, so yeah, I, I think Tommy might be in for a little reverse Zeus action. Yeah, I mean, Leah, I like that you say make you feel dirty picking the Steelers. I, it's, this is a yeah. weird position for me to be in because uh, – I'm no longer the resident Giants hater. Uh, as long as this has been a, an established media company, I have been the lowest on the Giants. And um, unfortunately, Tommy has, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe not unfortunately, but I just, Tommy has now taken that from me. And I don't know how to feel about yep. it. But uh, I, I see the positives with New York uh, that, that Lee does. Um, definitely interested to see how the two rookie tackles uh, fare against Cam Hayward and some, you know, TJ Watt. Is it for sure that they're that um, I'm pretty sure. Hurt is starting. I'm pretty sure. I'm Who okay. else would start? I'm not sure. I'll I'll check. But I mean, they have other tackles on their on their roster. I was assuming yeah, no, it was going to be Pert, but well, because Solder opted out, I feel like you know the Cameron of, Fleming. Oh, that's right. Right tackle. Yeah, he probably will start. Actually, he's start. He's starting. He's a solid swing tackle. I mean, I just think. I mean, guys, you know. I mean, we don't. We, I don't want to get in the weeds right now about the Giants as a team, like I like because we've done that before. So, you know, I think we can just kind of leave that there. Hey man, let's let's um, let's revisit it when we come back next week. Yeah, we can revisit exactly. We, we can, can run back the tapes and see if the reverse disease curse came into effect, or if I'm just you know being uh, being emotional. Um, Titans and the Broncos. This is a line that's moved a ton because the Titans were once un- underdogs. Because of Von Miller, which it makes no sense. Yeah, so. but it was even leaning that way before the Von Miller stuff. Like it, was, yeah, it got it was to minus that. one. Um, I well, I think the Von Miller stuff really pushed it yeah. over the edge, which I. Think but it was the fact that it did, yeah. So I don't know. I, I still total. like the Titans here. I was originally going to put fifty bucks on the Titans money line just when they were plus, but um, not anymore. But I like the Titans here. I don't know. I, I do. You, are we sleeping on the Titans a little bit, or is like did they do too much last year? And like I, I don't know what to f- feel about them. I mean, I think you guys are seeing what I saw back in July. I think this is the best team. This is, I think they have the highest floor in the AFC South. And I think, I think Ryan Tannehill is a nice fit for that. I mean, you obviously have Derrick Henry, which kind of runs that offense. You've got a guy like A.J. Brown, who I think is ready to be a number one receiver in the NFL. And then you've got nice secondary options in Corey Davis and, you know, Jonu Smith. Um, and, I just, and their defense, too. I think the Jadavian Clowney signing, obviously, is not going to hurt at all. It's going to give them a dynamic across from Harold Landry they haven't really had in some time. So, I mean, I'll just yeah, – I'm, I'm on the Titans as well. Um, and I guess this is kind of more of a fade of the Broncos a little bit. I just think the Titans – I think the Titans are clearly a better team than the Broncos right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm on the Titans in this game, but, I mean, I'm not going to walk back anything I've said about them necessarily. I don't think I'm really sleeping on them. I think they're poised to win nine games this year. So, 
Um, I, I'm not I'm not on them as a 10 or 11 win team necessarily. So I think that um, week one in Denver, you know, I, I like this to be. I think the total is just about right. I think it'll be a fairly low scoring game, maybe like 21, 17, or 16. Um, but you know, Drew Locke, what you got? I mean, going up, you're at home, going up against pretty solid defense here. Let's see if he can kind of air it out. And you know, this if Drew Locke plays. For- if Drew Locke plays a good game, like the Broncos probably should win. Honestly, like it's going to come down to the 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 gun of Drew Locke and the in the run game of of the Titans here, and and I'm kind of leaning fairly heavily towards the the Titans. And like you said, Pop, I'm, I'm disappointed we didn't get on, in on this one earlier. So um, that wraps it up, though. That wraps it up. Let's go uh, quickly whip around uh, to our playoff picks. Um, we're going to name our seven playoff teams from each conference and then AFC-NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl matchup in the winner. Um, I'll kick it off. I'll be honest. I don't feel great about any of these things that I put down. But um, in the AFC, I've got Chiefs, Patriots, Titans, Steelers um, as the division winners. And then wild card teams, i got the Ravens, uh, the Texans, and the Bills. Uh, in the NFC division winners, I went Bucks, Vikings, Eagles, and Niners. And as the wild card teams... I went Cardinals, Packers, and I couldn't decide between Dallas and New Orleans, and I went with Dallas. Um, and then yeah, in the AFC Championship game, I got the Chiefs and the Patriots. NFC Championship game, I'll go Bucks, Vikings, Chiefs, Bucks, Super Bowl, Chiefs win it all. Um, I've got. I'm trying to remember. I don't have my paper near me. I've got uh, Chiefs, Ravens, Colts, and. Um, who, who who am I missing? The West. No, the um the South. No East. 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 <laughs> East. Patriots. Yeah, yes. I got the Patriots winning the East, and then my three wild card teams are, um, Pittsburgh, Vegas, and Tennessee. And then I've got AFC Championship. I'll go Kansas City versus Pittsburgh with Kansas City winning. Um, and then in NFC, I've got Tampa, Minnesota, um, San Francisco winning their division, and Philly. And then for the wild card, I got Seattle and Arizona, three teams from the NFC West um, in the wild card. And I got the Detroit Lions sliding in to that last playoff spot. Uh, and then I got... NFC Championship, I'll go uh, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and I'll have Tampa winning. And I'll say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm going this far, I may as well push it over the edge. The The Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. Bruce Arians, Super Bowl ring. Uh, I'm going with it. Like you said, Club, not <laughs> supremely confident with this, but I'm, I'm leaning into it. So uh, what the heck. Yeah, I had to do this on the fly because I completely forgot to do them, boys. But uh, I, I did it. I did it while you guys were were giving your little uh, prediction. So in you the had AFC, a little extra time because I was going off the yeah, goal. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You did. You you did a lot of the grunt work for me. Um, so AFC, I'm gonna go with Kansas City and Baltimore as the two buys uh, with the chalk. There's one go, buy, brother. Seven teams. Oh wow. Okay. So I'll give uh I'll give Baltimore the buy, and then I'll go Kansas City. Uh, Tennessee, New England, those are all the division winners. And then my wild cards will be Pittsburgh, Houston, and Buffalo. All, and then I'll go to the NFC real quick. Or I'll do uh, I'll do Kansas City and, and Baltimore in the in the 
title game. And in the NFC, uh, San Francisco, New Orleans, Minnesota, and Philadelphia. And I will do Dallas, Seattle, and Tampa Bay as the wild card teams. And uh, the championship game, KC Baltimore, I will go with. Uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco, New Orleans, and I'm going to have a. I'm going to have a Kansas City, New Orleans Super Bowl with uh, Kansas. Oh, City just like last well. year. Just like last year. <laughs> just like last year. Just to prove I was right all along. Uh, well, I gotta say, I feel like it was like same like this last year, but I'm much more excited about week one after talking it through with you boys, especially just with the the COVID. It's been such a weird kind of run up to the season, so it's nice to just to get on the horn and and share our thoughts. Yeah, yeah I thought this was a lot of fun, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, to the season and to see um, how this all shakes out. Yeah, me too. This is gonna be an awesome year. Please, please send me the NFC East podcast. I'll edit it. All right, we'll get it up there. We'll get it up for the up there for the fans before uh, the weekend. All right, man, you got it. Come on, Tommy. Stay, Q, stay scheming. <laughs>